COVID-19, oh, we need a vaccine at this moment. It means everything. Please wear your mask and stay six feet back. Total shutdown. COVID-19. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode, episode 13 of Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland, Ken Dworsnick, along with the very famous Ted Klopp, <laughs> as we bring you another fine episode of this outstanding podcast that we've had the opportunity to put together. And Ted, it just continues to roll. Lucky 13. It's hard to believe we've Baker's. come so far. Yeah, Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozen. Oh, well... Our Facebook and our Twitter, we always like to remind people about those because we'd love to interact with you. We're on Twitter at 2-M-A-M-I-C-L-E. The Facebook is obviously Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland. And we haven't thanked our staff in a while. I oh, we well, please Last do. week, I wanted to thank uh, Marcus. Yeah. He's doing a great job with the social media. Mm-hmm. And also uh, Peggy Sue. Oh. She's been doing a great job of monitoring all her emails and phone calls and all that. So special shout outs to those people. And if you'd like to leave us a voicemail to have us take your question on the show, you can do so by going to anchor.fm slash 2-M-A-M-I-C-L-E. Link right there, a little plus sign with the word message. Click that and you can leave us a message, ask a question. We'll answer those questions on a future episode. And can we do have a voicemail message to check today? Oh, how exciting. We yeah. appreciate that. I look forward to that. What time, Do you know the timing of this again? I mean, was this like middle of the night or was this during the day? When oh, we it I, didn't, I didn't check the time. You know how our audience usually works. Yeah. Around 2.30, 3 o'clock. That's, right. That, that would be preferred in all honesty. Right. <laughs> Ted, we have a few Facebook likes from this week. We'd like to name some of those folks. Lori okay. Nemec, Paul Martello. Oh. oh my gosh. Wow. Michelle Yandek, Craig Smilek, and Mindy Stanko. Okay. Thank well, you so much for uh, liking us on Facebook. And uh, we've been uh, trying to update that page. Our social media group has done a great job with that. But uh, we're trying to connect with some more groups and get some more people. But Thank you so much for listening. How was your week, Ken? You know, it was good. It was hot, by the way, first and foremost. Um, I did have an opportunity to play golf, but I had my first experience with one of, with my son. Mm. He played in a golf tournament, like a junior golf tournament, which I had no idea what to expect. I had missed the first one because I had some work stuff. So we were at this place in Akron. I didn't know what to expect. They talked about there was this tournament. Well, there was a two-person scramble, and basically two people play. Whoever hits the best shot, you play that shot all the way until the end, and that's the score you have. So he was paired with this other young man who was very good. And so we go to the first hole, and I didn't know this was such a big deal. There was like 40 people, all in golf carts, lining the first hole, and my son is up there on the tee box, going to hit a shot. And I'm thinking to myself, I am a 44-year-old man, and if I was in his shoes, my first shot would go five yards to the left and I would probably fall down and then break my leg. <laughs> I give the guy credit. He's 12 years old. His first shot, I mean, it wasn't absolutely perfect, but it's down the fairway to the right. I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. It was cool. We had a great time. But it, once again, super hot, and I think it affected some of the players. But it was, it was a fun experience. And then in the opportunity to do the same thing on Sunday, and 
think he's got another tournament coming up. So it's kind of cool. And you've experienced this too. When you see your kids do things that you'd never experienced them doing before and you see them have some success or they really get into it. It's just like, Holy cow, this is, this is really cool. So yeah, it was a, it was a really cool experience. How about yourself? Hold on before you go too much farther. Yes. We're not getting any van stories this week. Are we please? Well, seriously? No, I mean, okay, really, good. no, a minor mention, but no big, no, no big van stories. Okay. No, what I was going to mention was talking about seeing your son or daughter succeed. My oldest son at the start of the baseball season, his throwing motion was just atrocious. He's right-handed. He'd step with his right foot, couldn't catch. We went out to practice on Saturday and he's been improving as the season has gone on. On Saturday, he caught almost everything I threw him, and every time he threw to me, he stepped properly. He had a good motion. It was unbelievable. I was that's very awesome. proud of him. So, yeah. yeah, That's cool. Good. Very cool. So, well, yeah, we the part busy- that, that's exciting with that, too, is you spend the time with him, you work with him, and you start to see some of the benefits of the time that you guys are spending together because, you know, obviously you're starting to understand and all that. That's cool. That's really neat. They will never admit that what we're telling them is correct. Oh my gosh. But they will do it and see success. Yes. (laughs) Well said. So we had a busy weekend. We had hockey camp. You you had hockey camp or the kids? I want to see you at hockey camp. I got to like fantasy camp for adults. Like the Indians used to do that. Be awesome. No, we're in it. We're doing it. Nope. Not a chance. Left the house at 715 for hockey camp. After hockey camp, stopped at the fish store to get some water, came home, relaxed a little bit, mowed the lawn, baseball practice, got back from baseball practice. I didn't have the proper credit card with me to fill it up with gas when I was on my way home. Got into the driveway, car shut off on its own. Oh, no, Ted. I think it was out of gas. Fortunately, okay, okay. fortunately, had uh, you know lawnmower gas thing. Just took yeah. the gas out of that, filled it up, ran up, and filled it up. So that's, I said it was a, a minor van story. There's your minor van story. I want a streak like Lou Gehrig. Okay. Okay. All right. Joe DiMaggio or anything like that. I want every week when we every do week. this podcast. Van I want story. a car story. You okay. got to have a car story for me. We are three weeks in a row now. Okay. Three. All right. So I have keep some it going. Questions. Don't stop it. We have good. Yep. Good mojo going. Keep it rolling, man. Yeah. All right. Keep it rolling. Sunday we had church, and then we went to a swimming pool. Had a little little swimming and uh, enjoyed that time as well. So, And for my son, for his belated birthday, we got a basketball hoop. One of the movable, movable outdoor basketball hoops. And so I put that together. My son, who is the oldest one, who is, it was kind of his gift. Yeah, he's played with it a few times. It's raining yesterday. As soon as it stopped, you know, it's still wet out there. My middle son puts his iPad down, and he's headed outside. I said, where are you going? He said, basketball. Nice. So he's outside playing basketball. He Open moved up. It by himself so he could get to it in the whole, whole nine yards. So, yeah. You're like the NBA players, they're in a bubble. They don't have anything to worry about. They're in a oh. bubble at the clubhouse. Well, I saw an interesting thing. You know, we're talking about going back to school. Yes. That's, a, that's a popular topic of conversation. Should it be in person? Should it be 
online? How should it go? Blah, blah, blah. And there's a lot of factors involved in that. And I don't want to get into that so much. But I saw this T-shirt and I thought this was really neat for all the teachers out there. It's a spinoff on Dr. Seuss. It says, I will teach you in a room. I will teach you now on Zoom. I will teach you in your house. I will teach you with a mouse. I will teach you here and there. I will teach you because I care. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's yeah. neat. I thought that was uh, apropos for these unique times that we are in. Oh, absolutely. Well, coming up on the show, we have Where'd That Come From? New little tidbit we've got. We're going to check our voicemail of the misspeak of the week, Clops Clips. And our guest this week is a 10-year-old with his own business. It's uh, very humbling to talk to this young gentleman. Yep. He is wise beyond his years at 10 years old. It's time for Where'd That Come From? Where we take a common phrase, explain its meaning, and tell you the origin. This week's phrase is bite the bullet. Bite the bullet means to accept something that is difficult or unpleasant. Back in the 19th century, when doctors were treating soldiers during a battle, they might be short on anesthesia, so they would give a patient a bullet and ask them to bite down on it to distract from the pain. Bite the bullet. Now you know where it came from. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. At the tone, please record your message. It's time for one of our favorite segments, Ted. Check our voicemail. Once All right. again, you can leave us a voicemail, ask a question, go to anchor.fm backslash 2-M-A-M-I-C-L-E. There's a link right there and a little plus sign with the word message. Click that and you could leave us a message, ask a question, and we'll answer those questions on a future episode. All right. We have a voicemail to go to. So let's take a listen to this week's voicemail. Hey, guys. Fellow Ashland Eagle, Justin here. Just wanted to check in and say I uh, appreciate the positivity that you guys are putting out with this during these trying times. Uh, keep up the good work. Curious to hear your take on your favorite quarterback, wide receiver, running back group from any era of the Cleveland Browns, um, as well as maybe your favorite Cavalier and Indian. Um, you know, let's leave out maybe the Francisco Lindors and LeBron James of the world and go a little obscure here on this one. Curious to hear your take, guys. Take. Take, 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 take. take. Jim Rome should get a, a stipend for every time. That did not, take. that was not how that was referred to until Jim Rome came along and started saying, give me your take. And now it's just part of, the, part of the vernacular. Please rack it. Rack We're going to have the huge facts later on? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, to answer Justin, and once again, appreciate the voicemail from Justin, I guess we'll start off favorite quarterback, running back, or receiver from the Browns era. Well, I'll go this way. Being 44, mm -hmm. the only real quarterback I have experienced that had very good success in my I guess you could say early days. I didn't really see Brian Sipe. I was too young for that. But I watched Bernie. I mean, Bernie Kosar was, I mean, he was the QB, in my opinion. And I, I just felt that's the way you played QB. I mean, he's drawing up plays and doing all this stuff. 
I would say that would be one of the guys. And then the other guys from that time, and I guess this is kind of selfish too, just because I had the opportunity to spend some time with him. And I, he's a good guy, Kevin Mack. When you look at pictures of him, he was a bruising back along with Ernest Biner. But I know he's still involved with the Browns. He was helping out with alumni things, bringing back players and get them involved. But those I would probably say are the two players that I would certainly uh, think of right away from years past with the Browns that come to mind. How about you, Ted? Well, I am old enough, fortunately or unfortunately, as the case may be, to remember Brian Sipe. Brian Sipe was hands down my favorite player growing up. Any sport that I played, I wanted to be number 17. I played fifth grade football. I was number 17, and I played defensive line or something like that. So any chance I got, I was Brian Sype. He was easily my favorite player, and I happened to take an interest in cutting out newspaper clippings for the team in 1980. And anyone who follows the Browns recalls 1980 was the year of the cardiac kids and the AFC championship game against the Oakland Raiders that they almost won. And for a long time, I had photo albums with the clippings from that year. Every game, every article I put in every day, I diligently cut them out and pasted them in these photo albums so I could keep them. Just happened to be 1980. And I was a big Brian Sype fan. And if you're going to go with guys from that era, you'd have to go with the Pruitts, Mike and Greg mm-hmm. Pruitt. What a running back combination that was. And then Ozzie Newsom was a tight end, even back then, obviously on the 1980 team. And then the wide receiver, you'd have to go with Dave Logan, number 85. Dave Logan. If I'm not mistaken, he was doing color analyst for uh, the Denver Broncos at one point in time. If, you if are 100% mistaken. correct. Yeah. Absolutely. That's I one think of the he... few things I get correct. I, not the games we play, just old sports people. Now, uh, do you have a favorite Indian or Cavalier from years gone by? Indian. This will be an interesting one. So the first autograph I ever got from an Indians player was Manny Trio. Remember Manny Trio? Okay. Played second base. Not super popular, so I would say that's number one. I still have that. One of my favorite Indians players, but I I have to say Julio Franco, hands down. Loved his name. He played forever, and I would say that's certainly one of them. For a Cavs player, I would have to say Bobby Fills, who's no longer with us. He passed away. He was playing for Charlotte and was unfortunately in a car accident, but I love Bobby Fills. He was just that guy that came on and very athletic, and I was a big Bobby Fills fan back in the day. How about you, Mr. Klopp? Well, these are going to be because of personal experiences, kind of like your autograph situation. I would have to go with two players from the Indians, Jim Tomey and Oral Hershiser. Oral Hershiser, obviously people don't know the story. I bear a striking resemblance to him. And he was very, very nice to me when I was covering the team as a young reporter. He did some segments with me above and beyond just doing interviews. He was very nice to me. And I got tickets for an Indians game, maybe 95 or 96. I took my dad to a game and we walked in and we were right at the time when the Indians players were kind of heading in and they were finishing up signing any autographs and we're walking in and down there on a third baseline. I see Oral Hershiser, and I said, Dad, come on, hurry up. 
and we get down there. As we get a few rows from the field, Oral turns and starts to walk away. And I hollered to him two or three times, and how many people are going to holler at a big league ball player? So what are the chances he's going to turn around? Well, as luck would have it, he glanced back, recognized me, and came over and chatted with us for a couple minutes. He shook my hand. Oh, wow, that's awesome. I said, I, said I, I want to introduce you to my dad. And my dad was, was thrilled. He was very nice. He said, Mr. Klopp, it's a pleasure. Thanks for coming to the game. And, I mean, it was probably all of 20 seconds, but it was a very kind 20 seconds that he didn't have to take to do. That's really So cool. that's my Oral Hershiser story. And then Jim Tomey was doing – you could get interviews with the players before the game or after the game. Before the game, you could go into the clubhouse and, you know, during batting practice in the clubhouse, not out by the batting cage. And I was working at in Mansfield at the time. So we would come up and we would try to get sound before the game because we didn't stay till the end. We'd watch some of the game and then we'd leave. And Jim Tomey is doing a media session in front of his locker. And right as we walk up, he wraps up the media session with all the, the guys standing there. And I walked up and I said, Jim, can we talk to you for a second? And he said, you know what, bud, I'm really sorry. I have to go take batting practice, but you come see me after the game and I will make sure I talk to you one-on-one. -on -one. I didn't have the heart to say, Hey, we're not going to be here. So you got to talk right. to me now. But he was, <laughs> he was very sincere. I believe that if I had shown up, he would have done that. So those are my two classy guys. Those are my two favorite Indians. Favorite Cavs player. I didn't have a lot of dealings with them, but I'd have to go with Zadrunas Ilgauskas. Zadrunas Ilgauskas. Simply because of his reputation as a, a good guy and some of the fun stories that I have heard about him over the years. Just a really nice guy. Still in the Cleveland area, I believe. Yes. And just persevered through so many foot injuries to have a great career with the Cavs. Class guy. Very class man. All right. Well, that is our uh, voicemail for this week. We'll check it again next week if we have any voicemails. And you can leave them for us, anchor.fm slash 2-M-A-M-I-C-L-E. Click the icon and leave us a message. Miss Speak of the Week now. Major League Baseball started this week, and on Saturday, the Colorado Rockies were visiting the Texas Rangers and leading 3-2 when Trevor Story came to the plate. And that one is long gone. Take a good look. You won't see it for long. Second deck shot here in Texas, and it's 4-2 Colorado. We're pretty sure that poor announcer meant to say second deck shot as the ball landed in the second deck at Globe Life Field. The Rockies won the game 5-2, and I'm guessing most fans will remember that home run call more than the score. That is the misspeak of the week. Time now for... This week's collection of Klopp's Clips, where we take a look at news stories that you may not be aware of that may leave you shaking your head. We begin in Independence, Ohio, where police arrested a man for theft. 
They were called to a gas station where a clerk and a witness identified the suspect who dropped some stolen food items as he left. He also apparently made threatening comments. The clerk says the guy threatened to shoot up the store. The police found him. He had two meat and cheese packets on him. Two meat and cheese snack packs on him. Meat and cheese. He's hiding that summer sausage. He's going to shoot up the star store over our summer sausage. Snack pack. Thank you, police. Thank you for all you do. Thank you. A Long Island man tried to fake his death to avoid jail time, but his phony death certificate gave him away. 25-year-old Robert Berger was to be sentenced to a year in jail last October, but he took off and then tried to convince his lawyer, prosecutors, and the judge that he killed himself. The problem is a misspelling on the death certificate. The word registry was spelled R-E-G-S-I-T-R-Y. <laughs> spell check. How about some spell check one time? Inconsistencies in the font type and size didn't help either. The real New Jersey Department of Health, Vital Statistics, and Registry confirmed the certificate was a fake. Berger now faces an additional four years for the fraud. By the way, while he was supposedly dead, he was arrested in the Philadelphia area on charges of false ID and theft from a Catholic college. <laughs> this past January, he was sentenced to up to a year on those charges. File this in the bad to worse category. Yeah, this, this is not going well. You just need to shut it down and try again. Do a redo, like in volleyball. Do a redo. Redo. A UK bride and groom are getting some backlash for the way they're handling their wedding invites. They have a limited number of seats in their venue, so they split their family and friends into groups. Groups A, B, and C. Group A getting the opportunity to RSVP while groups B and C are being told, essentially, you are not a first choice, but you could be invited if some of the group A people RSVP with a no. Yes, the bride and groom sent all the invites out at once, letting everybody know where they are on the priority list. Additionally, they're encouraging guests with children to hire a babysitter instead of bringing them, and they're asking single guests to forego a plus one if possible. So when they I get married, is this what I should do? I, <laughs> is this what I should know. do? All right, you didn't make group A. You're not in group but you A, but do group B. Yeah. If people from group A don't come, God almighty. At this point in time, it seems like this is too hard. Just say forget it. We're just going to do it ourselves. Just two people. We'll just keep everybody out. If you're in group C and you get the call, do you really want to go? No. Someplace better to be. Nope, not going to make it. I think I have to reupholster my couch that night. I have gingivitis today. I'm not going to make it. Sorry. <laughs> Done. Ah. <laughs> uh... Wow. A note regarding a stolen bike in Dublin has gone viral. The note reads, quote, If you're looking for the gray bike, I stole it back. It was mine. Photos and serial number to prove. So long, sucker. Ha ha, loser. Most people responding online enjoyed the idea of karma in the situation till somebody pointed out that the bike thieves usually sell stolen merchandise right away the person left without a bicycle here would have been an unknowing 
purchaser. I stole so it back. Long, sucker! Ha <laughs> Stole it back. <laughs> In Japan, the baseball team, Fukuoka, the, the Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks. You want me to say it again? Yes. The Please. baseball team, the Fukuoka, uh, Fukuoka. Jeez, Louise. Fukuoka. The Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks have a unique idea on how to replace fans since they can't attend. The team has dancing robots in the stand. Oh, yes. Some two-legged, others four-legged. By the way, at the end, <laughs> you had a four-legged, four-legged robot. <laughs> you had a four-legged robot. There's supposed to be, I uh, continue, I'm sorry. I want to hear that's, that's okay. No. At the end of this week, up to 5,000 fans will be allowed to attend baseball and soccer games in Japan because restrictions are being eased. Oh, jeez. Oh, Dancing robots. Dancing okay. robots. I, I can understand it. You're trying to do different things. Why would you have a dancing robot with four legs? What's going <laughs> What's going on? I don't I think you're trying to send a different message if you have somebody that's on four legs. I mean, I, well, I, that's that's not family friendly. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> An Australian woman has been getting calls and voicemails from strangers making wookie noises. She she and her boyfriend broke up and the vengeful boyfriend apparently decided to create a Chewbacca roar contest. He put flyers around town with her phone number, encouraging people to call with the winner supposedly getting a hundred bucks. The woman thought it was funny at first, but with calls coming in at all hours of the night, she says it's time to be done. She, she contacted police after the boyfriend supposedly took things a step further, parking his car in her driveway and removing the tires to block her in. <laughs> she says she broke up with a guy after logging into his Facebook and discovering he was messaging other women. He needs to go. He needs to go. Filipino. So you're putting flyers around town with your girlfriend's phone number on it. Ex-girlfriend. Ex-girlfriend. Probably in his mind, they're still dating. Okay. So he's basically had enough. And this is this is what he came up with, with the Wookiee noises. Doesn't There's nothing else that he has to do? Nothing. Nothing. Is this one of those situations where you tell him to buy a dog and name it Life so then they'll have one? That's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah. Filipino President Rodrigo Duterte urged citizens last week to wear face masks to stop the spread of COVID-19. However, then he went a step further telling residents that face masks can be disinfected with gasoline or diesel. He said, quote, it's true. If you want disinfection, look for gasoline, soak your hands. Just do it far away. Don't do it inside your house. That's the best part of the of the <laughs> question, in my opinion. There is no evidence to suggest that gasoline or diesel can kill the coronavirus. In contact with these fuels can cause other health problems. For example, prolonged contact with the skin can cause irritation, dermatitis, and even burns. While inhaling it can cause asphyxiation. Yes. What's next? Might as well just use kerosene, huh? 
Soak it, soak it with the kerosene as well. Any of the eans. So propane. We'll just use propane. Finally, Jurgen Klopp. Jurgen. Named the LMA Manager of the Year after leading Liverpool to its first Premier League title in 30 years. So, from one Klopp to another, congratulations to Jurgen Klopp. You need to reach out to Jurgen. We should you have really him do. on the show. I wonder. If I he, think that would be great. I wonder I think if that's English. From Theodore to Jurgen. Yeah. Congrats. Absolutely. I love it. Well, that is this week's collection of Klopp's Clips. Have you heard about Anchor? I'm not talking about the one for a boat. This is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You can... Make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Blah 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 blah. Our guest today is from Strongsville, Ohio. He is a GoFundMe Kid Hero. He is the ASPCA 2019 Kid of the Year, chosen as one of Ellen and Cheerio's Acts of Good. He's one of Cleveland Magazine's most interesting people this year. He's a 10-year-old fifth grader and the CEO of Brady's Canine Fund, which has raised enough money to fund more than 250 bulletproof vests for canine police officers. We welcome Brady Snakovsky to the show. Brady, thanks for your time. Tell me, how did you become interested in the whole idea that canines need bulletproof vests and I want to get involved with that? So um, I was watching this show called Live PD, and there's this canine that didn't have a vest, and I um, knew that they don't get the vest automatically, so I wanted to vest him, and then it blew up. We started go for me, and people mm-hmm. started donating. A little side note here, because our family, we're big fans of Live PD. Yeah. Live PD has gotten canceled. Are you looking for a new cop show to watch? Mm, we're pretty disappointed over here. Saturdays aren't the same. Uh-huh. And that is Leah, your mom, right, Brady? Yeah. What does she do for the fund? She does, like, all the um, paperwork. Pa- paper pushing. Is that what she does? Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> right. He calls me his secretary, and, and uh-huh. uh, I have to listen to him. Oh, boy. <laughs> So Brady, very impressed. I am a 44-year-old man and you've done more before the age of 11 than a lot of people have. So I'm extremely impressed with what you've done and 
giving your time and, and effort and all that stuff to, to help the canines. Talk about how do you raise the money for the vests? What do you guys do? I have a website called BridgesCanineFund.com and people can donate and I just give away the vests with the money they donate. That's really cool. Now, now how long have you been doing this? I started in 2018 in December. And what does the cost of a vest right now? What's a canine bulletproof vest cost? It costs around 1200 Okay. Are you finding that more people are donating? Are businesses sponsoring vests? How's that working? It's more people doing it. Our goal is to get more businesses. We are, you know, a 501c3, so we see that opportunity for the businesses as a good opportunity since they could write it all off, but it's more people backing him. Through all this fundraising you've done and you're doing such a wonderful thing, have you had a chance to travel at all or have you had a chance to meet maybe some, some more famous people or anything like that? Yeah, I travel for like the business sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like when I was on the Kelly Carson, I traveled. Oh, wow. What was the other one? New York City. Yeah. He got to do the ASPCA Awards in New York City. He liked that. He's never been there. When you raise enough money to purchase a vest, how do you determine where the vest goes? What dog gets the vest? What officer gets the vest for their dog? I have a waiting list. So the person at the top of the waiting list, I'll pick. So if someone like donates for the canine they want to, we'll donate to that one. Yeah, sometimes we get donors come in and they want to donate a full vest, but they'd like to keep the money in their specific state or their specific county. So we will accommodate them. Otherwise, the officers go to our website and they register their dogs. We donated uh, two in Afghanistan. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. Two army dogs. Yeah. Uh, They actually heard us through a podcast in the state. So they went online in Afghanistan and we bumped them to the top given their circumstances. Sure. Um, so they're so grateful. And the cool thing about those dogs is when those dogs retire, the vests will stay in Afghanistan for the dog who takes over next. Oh, that's wow. awesome. Otherwise, he's helped police officers in 24 different states so far. So if people want to make a donation, do they just go to your website? How do they, how can people donate? They look up my website on BritishCanineFund.com and I think there's a spot where you donate at. He's also on GoFundMe or Facebook. He's inspired a lot of people and a lot of children. I am super proud of him. You know, when people ask me what I do for a living, I'm like, I'm a stay-at-home mom and I work for my son and they cannot fathom that or get the idea of that. So then I tell him, you know, my son owns a foundation and I'm the secretary. And <laughs> Hey, Brady, do you have a dog at home? Yeah, I have a golden doodle. He's right behind us. Yeah, what's the dog's name? Leo. Leo, okay. And my uh, other dog is a, a Jack Russell Yorkie and her name is Julia. Awesome. Do you mind sticking around and join us again in a couple minutes here for uh, our uh, game time segment? Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you again in a couple of minutes. Oh, no, not a dad joke. I'm reading a book about anti-gravity. It's impossible to put down. 
That joke was horrible. This Week in Cleveland History. Ted, I ask you this every week. I want an honest answer. Are you ready? If I say no, what happens? means you're lying. All right, we're going to start July 29th, 1921. Former Indians pitcher Cy Young at 54 years old. Think about that again. 54 years old, leads a group of former Indians to win an exhibition game at League Park, celebrating Cleveland's 125th anniversary. Young pitched two innings in the game. Wow. Cy Young, according to many different people, I mean, if you look at his numbers, all the stats, everything, considered by many the greatest pitcher ever. I mean, they named an award after him. You have yeah. to be pretty good to do that. Right? Hard to argue. August 2nd, 1939, film writer and director Wes Craven, who wrote and directed horror films like A Nightmare on Elm Street and The Hills Have Eyes and directed Scream, was born in Cleveland. Did you know this? Did I you did know not Wes know Craven that. Was no, born I in Cleveland. Wes Craven I had no was idea. Yeah, how about that? That's amazing. I haven't seen Every week. The, the Hills Have Eyes, but, uh, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger, one of the most iconic horror characters of all time. Hands down. And when you think of all those different movies, like, was it Friday the 13th? Friday the 13th, sure. Jason. Yep. Saw. Michael Myers. Mike Myers. Not to be confused with the comedian. No. So, two different people. But that's amazing, though. I mean, those those movies, I mean, you, you talk about Nightmare on Elm Street, The Hills Have Eyes, and Scream. Obviously, those are considered some of the best horror films ever. And once again, another guy, a person, born in Cleveland. Pretty cool. You talk about iconic villains, Scream, that oh. mask. You know, different people in different in those different movies were behind the mask. But that mask is extremely iconic still even today. Yes. You see, you see that at Halloween every year. Somebody's got that. As soon as you see that mask, you think of the movie. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. amazing. All right, Ted, we move to August 3rd, 1960. The Detroit Tigers trade manager Jimmy Dykes to the Indians for manager Joe Gordon. This is the only time in Major League history that teams have traded managers. That's wow. unbelievable. Can you yeah, imagine if they did that now? Oh, man. What could you get for Terry Francona, who, in my opinion, is the best manager in baseball? A yeah. boatload. That's it. You don't see that very often anymore. Like, you do have the option. And I think the last time we saw something like that. The NFL, wasn't it? John Gruden, if John I'm Gruden. not mistaken. Yep. Didn't he? He was he traded, traded to we, uh, to go to Tampa Bay. Right, from the Oakland Raiders. But you don't see that that often. There's been rumors of this and that, but you don't see that very often. That's That's really interesting. I think it's just a matter of how do you improve your team? Most people... They think of the on the field, the players, more than the coach. And it's a a well-argued point as to how much effect coaching, managing, whatever you want to call it, can have on a team. That's very well said. I agree. Well, Ted, that is another This Week in Cleveland History. And now, great moments in a parenting number 352 my oldest son is not always the best at putting things away like his shoes or his baseball cleats we had a game on saturday and i was with two of the boys at hockey camp when my wife called asking where the cleats were i didn't know and my wife asked me to check my car i did there were no cleats 
She said she checked her car and all over the house with no luck. We agreed that he would just have to wear his sneakers. As things turned out, my wife had to pick the boys up from hockey while I had a bit of work to do. Finished with that, enough time to run home before the game. I got home and my first stop was to check the spot where the cleats are supposed to be put. Guess what I found? Yep, my son actually put them right where he was supposed to and my wife didn't look there because of his track record. I called her and told her I had the cleats and she asked where I found them. I told her and there was a long pause and then she simply said, okay then. This has been great moments in parenting. We are fighting the fake news. Fake, phony, fake. Game time now, and we're going to play uh, fake news today. Brady Snakowski from Brady's Canine Fund is back with us. You ready to identify the fake news, Brady? Yep. All right. You think you're going to beat Ken? Um, yep. I'll answer for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Here we go. So I'm going to read three headlines. Two of them are published somewhere. And one of them I made up, and the idea is that you have to figure out which one I made up. So this is headline number one. Soy milk turns boy into warthog. Harry Hartland of North Tumbler, Maryland, says his son Timmy pigged out on a half gallon of soy milk, and the next day he was transformed into a wild boar. Quote, he's still our son. We just have to watch the tusks. That is headline number one. There's headline number two. Portal to hack. Ordinary household mirror opens to not too bad dimension. A St. Paul, Minnesota mom and her daughter were changing clothes in the bathroom of their home when the mirror shimmered and puckered. Then they saw a lake of flame and stepped into another dimension in the mirror. They say they were eventually drawn back into their bathroom. I want to visit again, go to that other dimension. That's headline number two. Here's headline number three. Wrestling and Hollywood star Dwayne The Rock Johnson visits spiritualist temporarily turned into giant rock. Dwayne Johnson is known for laying the smack down in the wrestling ring and making blockbuster movies but he recently visited a spiritualist to learn more about himself. The woman, identified only as Miss Daphne, claims that during the session, his identity as a wrestling persona was so strong that it took over and he wound up as a rock for the rest of the session. Miss Daphne says she's never seen anything like it. A spokesman for Johnson would not comment on the story. So let me review one more time. Headline number one, Soy milk turns boy into warthog. Headline number two, portal to heck. Ordinary household mirror opens to not too bad dimension. And headline number three, wrestling and Hollywood star Dwayne The Rock Johnson visits spiritualist temporarily turned into a giant rock. Brady, which one is the fake news? Headline number one, headline number two, or headline number three? Um, I'm kind of, I'm thinking what you would have been. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think, 
The first one? Soy milk turns boy into warthog. That's what you're going to go with? Okay, if I answer, I guess, yeah. Okay. All right, Ken. What headline is the fake news? Brady's a smart young man, so I would be foolish not to choose what he just chose. And I know you've done a good job of making a lot of these up, Ted, and I know one thing is that if there's quotes in it, there's a good shot that it could be fake. So I'm going to go with Brady's answer. I'm going to go with number one. Number one. All right. The fake headline was number three. Headline number three. Wrestling and Hollywood star Dwayne The Rock Johnson visits spiritualist temporarily turned into giant rock. Soy milk turns boy into warthog and portal to heck I found online. So, well, I know what I won't be buying at the grocery store. No soy milk. No soy milk. There you go. <laughs> no. All right. Well, no, I have enough on my plate. I don't need a warthog. There, there you go. Yeah. You're busy raising, raising money for canines. You don't need to have a warthog work uh, right. with, with Ray. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, Brady and Leah, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck. Brady's caninefund.com is the website. Do I have that correct? You got it. All right, Brady's caninefund.com. We wish you the best of luck and thanks for joining us today. Hope you had fun and I'm sorry I tricked you on the uh, fake news. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for having us. We really uh, appreciate talking to you guys today. Week 13 of Two Middle Aged Men in Cleveland in the books. Special thanks to Brady Snakowski. What an amazing story he has. Hope he continues to raise money and buy those vests for the canine officers. I look forward to uh, Brady being my boss some, someday because obviously <laughs> it sounds like he could start a business at the age of 10 at 44. I'm still trying to figure it out. So uh, well, great stuff. Next week, to give a little preview, we do have a musical guest. I'm pretty excited about this. We're going to talk to one of the members of the band Devo. Oh, yes. Gerald Casali is going to join us, and they are from Kent State, the Ravenna area, Kent State, and he will tell us all about how Devo came to be. And you know when I listen to that show? You know what platform I'm going to listen on? There's so many that we're on. Which one will you choose to do your podcasting on? My favorite is Breaker. Breaker? I don't even know her. What a great opportunity to talk to Gerald. Very interesting person, and I look forward to next week. Until next week, Ken. Ted, we're just two middle-aged men in Cleveland.